Like each one of us, the Joy of a Logo has a story. It's not merely a design element for creativity purposes, but a well-intentioned message with thought, heart, depth, and meaning behind it. By pulling back the layers of the logo story and drawing parallel to the meaning of true joy through the lens of ancient Christian messaging, we hope you're sparked with a spirit of reflective thought as you ponder how it too symbolizes your life, your faith, and the pursuit of your own joy journey. At first glance, the yellow circle is an obvious circle. But upon closer inspection, you'll notice the edging has been hand-drawn, unevenly, imperfectly, and on purpose. As a parallel to the imperfection of each of our lives, the jagged circle illustrates the uneven and stumbling way we go about faith in life. The color yellow represents the sun, that steady and consistent companion that greets us every morning and faithfully says goodnight each night. Its radiance lends warmth, brightness, and revitalization to our lives, and its consistency to show up, even when we can't see it, provides the perfect guiding light to make the world go round. In the center of the yellow circle is a tree-like shape, which represents a menorah, a solid gold lampstand God commanded Moses to build for the tabernacle in Exodus 25:31, Used as a central representation of God's watchfulness, abundance, and provision for the Israelites as they wandered in the desert, the menorah still serves as representation for the nation of Israel today. Fashioned with seven branches, or arms, the number seven is God's number of completion, a numeric symbol of God's perfection and wisdom, and it represents the presence of God in the midst of his people. The central stem, called the servant branch, represents Christ and is the trunk from which all other branches grow. And fashioned to the six branches of the menorah are almond blossoms. In scripture, Almond branches represent the watchfulness and mindfulness of God over his people. Almonds were central to Hebrew feast days, and the almond tree acted as reminder to the Israelites, still so to this day, to remember God, to remain in his presence, and to eat from his abundance. But the most powerful piece of the menorah was and is the menorah's purpose, to be a source of light for the people. The brightness would have afforded Moses and the Israelites great visibility as they wandered in the wilderness. It also provided illumination as insight and reminder that God was a source of guidance in their lives. These five elements, the circle, the color yellow, the menorah, the almond branches, and the purpose of light all make up the grounds for the joy of a story. Each piece and each element holds significant weight and symbolism for what true joy means, but more so. This story also serves as an invitation for you to consider what elements make up the grounds of your own story and to reflect on what logo, so to speak, best holds significant weight and symbolism for what true joy means to you. The Psalms are an ancient collection of songs and prayers written and collected over hundreds of years. Some Psalms were part of ritual kingship ceremonies and temple activities. Other Psalms were sung by common people as prayers or hymns. For the ancient Hebrews, most prayers were sung, not spoken. Even today, most Jewish prayers are sung out loud. These examples of communication with God, struggles in faith, overcoming fear and doubt, and singing with praise and jubilation— help us learn so much about faith and God. 
They also shed insightful teachings about important ways we can engage with the Psalms, some of which might seem inappropriate to modern Christians. Themes filled with raw words of despair, lament, fear, and anger become part of our holy scriptures for a reason, and these honest and heartfelt confessions and expressions are examples of ways we can encounter the Lord. We can divide the Psalms into four general categories. Praise, Wisdom, Lament, and Justice. The first is Songs of Praise. These psalms begin with a call to praise God and then give many reasons why. Take, for example, Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you. I will extol your name forever and ever. Great is Yahweh and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will commend your works to another and will declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious majesty of your honor, on your wondrous works. Men will speak of the might of your awesome acts. I will declare your greatness. Another form of psalms are the wisdom psalms. Proclaiming the importance of pursuing wisdom, these psalms fill listening hearts with examples and counterexamples of wise conduct, theological insight, and teaching. Psalm 1 is a powerful example of this type of wise instruction. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand on the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in Yahweh's law. On his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the streams of water, that produces its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Lament These psalms are gut-wrenching prayers of sadness and loss. Some have triumphant endings, some do not. Either way, in times of great pain and tragedy, these psalms teach us we can call out to God with the full weight of our suffering. Knowing our Lord experienced extreme pain and suffering on our behalf, these prayers of rawness remind us how he endures our pain with us. We are never alone. Psalm 6, 1-3 Yahweh, don't rebuke me in your anger, neither discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Yahweh, for I am faint. Yahweh, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul is also in great anguish. But you, Yahweh, how long? Last but not least, we have psalms of imprecation. These psalms implore the Lord to inflict judgment, misfortune, or curses upon one's enemies. However, these shouldn't be seen as prayers of personal vengeance or vindictiveness. Rather, they are calls for justice. Consider the ending of Psalm 10. Arise, Yahweh. God, lift up your hands. Don't forget the helpless. Why does the wicked person condemn God and say in his heart, God won't call me into account? But you do see trouble and grief. You consider it to take it into your hand. You help the victim and the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked. As for the evil man, seek out his wickedness until you find none. Yahweh is king forever and ever. The nations will perish out of his land. Yahweh, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. 
to judge the fatherless and the oppressed, that man who is of the earth may terrify no more. The nation of Israel was often under attack, and for a large portion of their history, they were displaced from their homes and sent into exile in a foreign land. Their forceful words were often cries of vindication for God's reputation as much as their own personal circumstances and situations. But for as much as we want to pray for God to bring justice upon the horrible things that happen in this world, aptly called holy or righteous anger, it is also important to keep in mind that followers of Jesus are called to love our enemies. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is a powerful reminder of this. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who mistreat you and persecute you, that you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. All of these different styles of psalms are examples to us. Many of us have learned how to approach God through theology, doctrine, or right belief. These are, of course, good things. But God also calls us to bring our whole selves to Him, including our internal and emotional states. And the Psalms help us do exactly that. Approach God with our emotions. These prayers don't just show us how to vent our problems to God. They instruct us how to pray through our emotions, to express our concerns and fears, and to contrast those feelings against what we know to be true about God and His steadfast love and faithfulness to us. As we wrap up this session and head into a Psalms prayer practice, take a few moments to reflect on these wise words from Augustine of Hippo. If the Psalm prays, you pray. If the Psalm laments, you lament. If the Psalm exalts, you rejoice. If it hopes, you hope. If it fears, you fear. Everything written here is a mirror for us. Amen. As we begin this Psalms prayer practice, we encourage you to contemplate the imagery of the following words in your mind. Allow yourself to enter the world of the psalmist. If anything stands out, take some time to contemplate it and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate its meaning further to you. The following passage will be read slowly, a few verses at a time. Listen intently. Listen reverently. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. When pauses are given, Take time to contemplate and respond to God by allowing the psalm to provoke your own prayer. Let's begin. Psalm 68 For the director of music of David, a psalm, a song. May God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke. As wax melts before the fire, may the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God, singing praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. 
a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. You gave abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. Your people settled in it, and from your bounty, God, you provided for the poor. The Lord announced the word, and the women who proclaim it are mighty throng. Kings and armies flee in haste. The women at home divide the plunder. Even while you sleep among the sheep pens, the wings of my dove are sheathed with the silver, its feathers with shining gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings in the land, it was like snow fallen on Mount Zalmon. Mount Bashan, majestic mountain. Mount Bashan, rugged mountain. Why gaze in envy, you rugged mountain, at the mountain where God chooses to reign, where the Lord himself will dwell forever? The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. The Lord has come from Sinai into his sanctuary. When you ascend on high, you took many captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord God, might dwell there. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Saviour, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves. From the Sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Surely God will crush the heads of his enemies the hairy crowns of those who go on in their sins. The Lord says, I will bring them from Bashan, I will bring them from the depths of the sea, that your feet may wade in the blood of your foes, while the tongues of your dogs have their share. Your procession, O God, has come into view, the procession of my God and King into the sanctuary. In front are the singers, after them the musicians. With them are the young women playing the timbrels. Praise God in the great congregation. Praise the Lord in the assembly of Israel. There is the little tribe of Benjamin leading them. There's the great throng of Judah's princes. And there's the princes of Zebulun and Naphtali. Summon your power, God. Show us your strength, our God, as you've done before. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings will bring you gifts. Rebuke the beast among the reeds, the herd of bulls among the calves of the nations. Humbled may the beast bring bars of silver. Scatter the nations who delight in war. Envoys will come from Egypt. Cush will submit herself to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praise to the Lord, to him who rides across the highest heavens, the ancient heavens, who thunders with mighty voice.
proclaim the power of God, whose majesty is over Israel, whose power is in the heavens. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God.